What is up, party people? I'm back. See, I told you I just needed a day. I just needed you to give me a day, but the show must go on, right? The show has to go on because if I don't, if I did not put anything out yesterday on Monday, I know I was going to hear from at least two people. Did I? And it, the message always starts the same. I don't know if I missed the episode or not, or if something went wrong, but did you not put out an episode yesterday? And I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. So that's why you got the five minute uh, episode from an hell, from a hell's angels bar. Let's just be real. I was in a, unbeknownst to me, I was in a hell's angels bar and I don't mess with none of those biker groups with as little respect as I can put out there while still maintaining enough respect not to have anything done to me or done about it. I don't feel that. I don't feel what y'all do. Go ahead, go ahead, right on, right on. But me being in a hell's angel bar, hell's angels, hell's angels bar up north was not comfortable. I did not feel comfortable. Of all eight white people sitting at the bar, all eight necks snapped back when I walked through and it was an open door. It was one of the ugliest feelings that I can feel. I don't like walking in and being the center of attention. I don't mind becoming the center of attention at any given point in time, but I don't like walking into a place being the center of attention. It's one of the biggest reasons why I don't go to parties. I don't go to festivities. I don't like to engage in places where I know people will be and heads will turn. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind turning heads. I don't mind turning heads, but I don't want that kind of attention. I hate it. It feels ugly. It gives me anxiety. Just thinking about it is the reason why I say no to most invites. Just putting that out there so you all know. It literally has little to nothing to do with you and everything to do with me not wanting to feel uncomfortable by doing that. So yes, as I walked into this bar in this little strip of a town, I don't know what else to call it. It's a teeny tiny town of Niles, California. I don't know how many minutes it is outside of somewhere or anywhere, but it's near Fremont, if that helps inland of the Bay Area. I don't know, but there was a breakfast spot. I wanted breakfast. It was delicious. I wanted to stop in and get a drink before I left the little town. So I just thought, oh, I'm sure they'll have Red Bull or something for me at the bar, which I ended up just having water. And I don't think they enjoyed that, but I tipped the lady a dollar anyway. And she was talking to the people next to me about how she grew up in that town and the woman who was there with her husband asking all of the historical questions in life about the town realized they grew up down the street from each other. Just saying that was my experience. However, nobody paid attention to me. Nobody gave me any interest at all. So I just chugged down my water and stared at the refrigerator full of uh, support your local and then chapter name of the bike club. And it was a lot. There were well, well, well over a hundred stickers on that fridge. The bar I, I also assume is haunted because I think they said it's from like the 1800s, like it was open in the 1890s or something like that. So um, it was quite the uncomfortable experience. I don't think I've talked much about ghosts or things that give me the heebie-jeebies. And I'm not inviting anything in, but I do know that I'm a little more open and susceptible to things like that, um, welcomed or not. So uh, it was with great fear that I went to use their restroom. And the whole time I was in the restroom, I was assuming that the ghost that was in there could read my mind. So just through uh, telepathy, 
I believe, I don't think you say telepathy, through telepathy, through my telepathic powers, which I don't know or think or proclaim to have. But through that, I was just telling the ghost to please not scare me and to allow me to do my business and just get out. And yes, I had my back against the wall the entire time that I was in there. So if you picture that in the restroom stall, I had my back against the wall. When I was standing, um, not wanting to look in any of the mirrors, I would not look up into the mirrors because I didn't want to see anybody standing there next to me. I had my back against the wall, washing my hands back against the wall. I slid along the wall to open the door and then I ran out of the door back to the bar and tried to walk calmly so they didn't think anything of me, but then I just left my dollar tip and I walked out. It was an experience. It was an experience. <laughs> and if the, I don't think I'll be going back. Breakfast was good. I don't, I don't see a reason to have to go six miles off of the highway down, down the street to go have that breakfast again. But if I'm out there and whatevs, I might do it. All that to say that if my experience at Outside Lands was that experience that I had in the bathroom, I don't think I'd be feeling the way I do. I, I don't think I'd be feeling the way I do. I am very emotional right now. I am very emo. I am full of love. I am full of joy. I am full of all the good feelings the same way that my little sausage toes, which are not normally sausages, my little sausage toes and my little Frankfurter feet are full of inflammation and swelling and pain. That's that's how full of love and enjoyment and excitement I am after <laughs> this festival. It was incredible. This is the second year that I have done Outside Lands. Last year was, was let me see. How do I, last year was, oh, I, I wanna say awesome and then I feel like I'm lying to you. Last year was really good. Last year was a great first experience. Um, I was not prepared for the terrain of Outside Lands last year. I'm sure I did an episode about it. We can probably scroll through. I, it's going to be in season one or two. Um, I wasn't ready for the terrain. I was not at all ready for that last year. It's in Golden Gate Park, which is like a national park to me. And it's a bunch of hills and forest and trees and bushes and greenery and beauty. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But uh, Coachella is flatlands. You're walking across an entire polo field. You're walking half a mile this way, quarter mile that way, 400 yards in another direction and all back around all weekend long. This you're walking up a hill, down a hill, up a higher hill, up a or down a lower hill, around an embankment of a hill, cutting up the stairway in the middle of the hills, walking through an upward slanted field to get to somewhere even further away up a different hill. It's very hilly terrain, wasn't prepared. My hiking Crocs, which weigh like three pounds each, um, are not for hiking. They're not meant for hiking. They're meant to, to wear when you're posing and posting pictures of a hike that you just did, but you used actual hiking shoes to do that hike. And then you put them on to show off and show out. That's what those Crocs are for. They were no bueno. This time my Crocs did me dirty again. I don't know. They don't do me dirty at Coachella, but apparently outside lands is not the place to rock out with your Crocs out. I was fully prepared for the terrain this year. However, at least mentally, 
physically possibly, but at least mentally I was fully prepared for that terrain. And you know what? It wasn't as bad as I remembered. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. Lots of ups and down hills, but it wasn't as bad as what I remembered. Maybe because I went into it with a different frame of mind. I didn't charge it. Normally I charge the festivals because I want to get my money's worth. And you know, seeing, let's say maybe six acts throughout the day, you get your money's worth. You do. I am the type who like to charge it like, okay, we'll stay here for 20 minutes. We'll go to the next set. And then once we're done there, as long as they play that one song I want to hear, then we'll trek it all the way over to the other side of the park to hear and on and on and on and on. This year I took my time. This year I let outside, excuse me, I let OSL tell me what to do. I let the vibes of OSL that is outside lands. I let the vibes of OSL just run the weekend for me. And man, did it do me good. It didn't, it did me well also, but it did me good. I am a little cochina today. I'm just over here with all these puns and things swirling around my head that I want to say OSL did me right. I didn't have to fake nothing from start to finish. It was all gravy baby. Got to discover a few musical acts who I'm not even going to try to remember right now that blew my mind. Oh, I remembered anyway, Becky Hill, Becky Hill, queen of dance music. Amazing. And to hear some recognizable songs. Great. Kind of like a Dua Lipa, I guess if you go mainstream and that makes sense to you like that, but her energy was through the roof and her voice. Oh my God. She didn't sing over herself on tracks. She just sang. Anybody out there go to concerts, know what I'm talking about? Now, for whatever reason, performers are not just singing to backing tracks, meaning just music playing in the background. What they are singing to is karaoke style tracks where the entire song is you would hear it play on the radio or you would hear it if you stream their music the way you would hear it on their album or as a single. They're just singing over it like someone would sing karaoke. And that's disappointing. And yes, your favorite artists are doing it, especially if they're younger. If your favorite artists are under the age of 30, they are abs under the age of 30 or around 30. They are absolutely singing to backing tracks. So you'll hear a perfect sounding song with a little tiny bit of their voice uh, in the background, which is unfortunate. Miss Becky Hill, however, sang balls out, sang full labia out, not even balls because balls are tiny and super sensitive and not really good for much of anything like labia, protective, stretchy soft and pliable. She sang her labia out and it was a great way to start day one. The festival continued to progress and show me what it needed to show me and make me feel what I needed to feel. It was amazing. I even ate food there, which I didn't do last year at OSL. I, I existed purely on, um, water last year. I don't, did I eat anything water and maybe a pretzel? which I'm sure I was disappointed about paying at least $8 for just nothing. I didn't eat anything this year. I ate and it was good. What I ate. I don't know. One of the days I ate tamales. I think one of the days I didn't eat. And the other day I couldn't tell, Oh, it was like a Korean waffle fries and they were phenomenal. So I did well this year, but it was about the vibes. It was about pulling from the area, pulling from the energy of the people, pulling from the energy of the park, pulling from the energy of the artist and the music and just the love that can be felt there, which is a crazy dichotomy considering you're either going to feel massive, insane, copious amounts of love 
at this festival, or you're going to feel a lot of ugly anger from drunk people. Period. I have said it before. I will say it again and I will continue to say it and preach the good word that I prefer to be around people on drugs at festivals. And no, for all of you weirdos who don't smoke and consider marijuana drugs and consider mushrooms drugs, I don't mean I I don't mean things like that. I, I'm uh, I don't mean it in the way you are probably taking it. To people who see anything of who see anything as drugs, I'm not talking about that because you should see alcohol as drugs. A lot of you don't see alcohol as drugs, and that is out here killing and poisoning and ruining lives. Day in, day out, every second of the day, alcohol is the killer drug. But you guys want to worry about weed. You're worried that your son, Steven, uh, is smoking weed. He's a senior in high school. He smokes weed, uh, plays football, has straight A's. You're worried about him. But you're not worried about your 16-year-old son who goes on benders, gets fucked up, and drinks every weekend. Um, I, that's my platform. That's my soapbox. And I will – that's – that's a hill I will stand on, that we need to pay more attention to um, the poisoning and life-ruining powers of alcohol than we do mushrooms and weed because ain't nobody, ain't nobody ruining lives on that. Well, maybe mushrooms because you're not taking them right. Anywho, anywho, I'm done preaching. I'm done being preachy and, and being like all of y'all. I'm just grouping everybody together so everybody can be offended. I'm even offended because I'm including myself. But being able to participate with people who are participating, the energy flows to you, it flows through you, and it flows from you in a much different way than having to deal with drunk people. Drunk people are not fun. You're fun until you're not, and that point is a very, very fine line. It's a very fine line. People who smoke weed, cool. People who do molly, cool. People who do shroomies, cool. It's just a different type of trip. It's a different type of buzz. It's cohesive. It's it's positive. The energy flows. It just makes things better. So to be in a place like San Francisco where things like that are going to occur a little more naturally and a little more easily because um, they're not trying to regulate it too much. They're just letting you do. It's becoming less and less illegal. It's really nice. It's really, really very nice. I went to go visit the grasslands area, which is the area dedicated to pot smokers, weed smokers, marijuana intakers, Mary Jane and all her girls. Um, it's fun. It's smoky. It's like a little little weed forest back there. They sell things. It's reputable, um, lab tested, full fledged business model stands selling weed. It's beautiful drinks, edibles, however you want to take it. They had it there and it's really cool that they have it on festival grounds. It's a special little part of outside lands. No, like usual, I did not imbibe. Imbibe means to drink. I did not drink because I'm still on that alcohol sober tip and it's just where we're going to be for a while. So I was able to really tap in. Um, I did microdose throughout the festival day two and day three. Day one just didn't call for it. The energy just wasn't necessary. Uh, day two was extra special. I think I have my microdosing down perfectly. And when I say micro, I mean micro. My shrooms were little. I took one little baby shroom 
about every hour and a half for four hours or so. It was an incredible experience. Um, I didn't see the trees breathing this time. Last time I did see two trees breathing, a little set of trees. I did say hi to those trees this time and just acknowledge them. I didn't see any trees breathing, but, <laughs> and here's where we're going to get to it. I did notice something. And it occurred to me, and this is probably where the, the meat and potatoes of this episode is going to come into play. As I'm walking through the festival area, I saw someone, it started on day one and I, I noticed it, but I didn't really take it in. I didn't really intake it fully. I saw someone on day one in the outside land or in the grasslands area random person. I had no interaction with them. I couldn't even tell you what they look like now. Couldn't tell you if it was a guy or a girl, but I did see someone again that I had zero interaction with. I just happened to notice or recognize them from some point. Um, I'm not going to fudge up the numbers. So we'll just say tens of thousands of people under a hundred thousand people over 50,000. I'll say that at this festival, I'm assuming it has to be around there. Of all of those tens of thousands of people, tell me why did I end up seeing that day one person on day one and on day two again? Of all the people in all of outside lands, I saw the same singular person two days in a row. Once I kind of tapped in and realized that this had happened, guess what? It happened again on day two and it happened again on day three. And I am telling you, I saw these people in different areas of the park. There were one, two, three, four, five, let's say five or six, six main stages, six main stages throughout this massive park with all of those people. Um, there were, I don't know countless food booths, countless beer, alcohol, and regular drink booths, merch booths, uh, water booths, giveaway stuff booths, interactive little places, like little buildings you could walk into and do stuff, places giving away free stuff of this entire festival. How is it possible for me to say, see the same couple people over a three-day period? It's not like they stood out. It's not like they were people in crazy costumes or with crazy hair or walking on stilts or people that were on fire. None of that. None of that. None of them were 10 feet tall. None of them were... None of them were anything that would have made me stand out, yet I saw them distinctly. It wasn't in passing. It was very much like, oh my gosh, that girl sitting in that chair is the same girl that I saw over at the Dolores dance stage, which is the same girl that I saw in the middle of the Twin Peaks viewing area. Then it hit me. And maybe it's because I was microdosed. <laughs> but what better reason to explain this life as a simulation? Make it make some sense to me other than that. If this is not a simulation, if this is not some kind of programming, if this is not already pre-planned out and somebody's working on something somewhere to make things happen, if this is not a possibility, how is that possible? And it wasn't like I was just playing a little game that I like to call all people. All people is a game. 
and I'm just going to, oh, TMI, I don't even care. This is where we're at. All people is game where I play and I call it out with other people where uh, we'll say, oh, shoot, for instance. Oh, shoot. That's that one guy that's on that one movie. Huh? Walking around somewhere in public. That's that one guy from that one movie. No, 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 no. That's just a random Asian man. Right? Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Meaning all people of any kind just kind of look alike. We all do it. We all do it. So don't get shocked. We all do it. I do it to white people. Oh, shoot. That's that one girl that works at Walmart. No, it's not. It's just some random girl walking through a field. She don't work at Walmart. She's not even from here. It's just all white people, all chunky people, all long-haired people, insert type of person here, all people. So it's not like I was playing a game of all people. I legitimately saw these randos that I had no interaction with throughout the festival. It happened to me one other time in New York. Not another, it happened twice in New York. I was at a jazz club. I sat next to people. We ended up talking. We had a conversation in Manhattan. Two days later, I'm walking through Manhattan and we ran into each other again. Not possible. New York is huge. Outside Lands is a music festival. If it is not a simulation, if we are not in some kind of weird video game, flat earth type of world, there's no reason that that should ever, ever, ever happen. And it's not like they looked at me and recognized me. I know one time I, I locked eyes and kind of stared at the person. Maybe they did acknowledge me. Maybe they were having the same simulation. Maybe we have played different roles like outside. What is it? Outside, not outside world. Um, West world. Maybe we've played different roles. Isn't that just, isn't that just past lives and stuff? I don't know. It tripped me out, but it made me feel very comfortable in the familiarity of the situation. It kind of gave me a little bit of an aha moment. It made me think, well, if this is really real, I'm going to start moving differently. I'm going to start behaving differently. I am going to continue and even more so than I have been treat this life like a game. Like in the episode more life, what two episodes ago, I am tapping into something, to a part of life, to a piece of life that I never even knew was possible, that I never knew was a possibility that I didn't know that I could do. And that's just living. That is just living. I am tired of trying to control everything. There is beauty and enjoyment to be found in the discomfort of lack or loss of control. And I mean that in the most positive ways possible. I can continue to try to control my day in and my day out, or I can just choose to live. I can continue to try to hope and change and make things and people the way that I want them to be, or I can just let them be. I can be at unease with things that rattle my peace, or I can just find peace in the unnerving things that normally rattle me. I want more life. I want more out of life. I want to continue to do life. I have the responsibility of paying bills. Yes, this I know. 
but I do not have the responsibility of treating my work like a child. I do not have the responsibility of treating work like a person. And I think that's where we get things messed up. And I know it's a huge part of what people don't understand about the way that I choose and am moving towards running my business. My business is not my life. I know for a lot of you, work is life, and that is unfortunate. I pity the fool. Y'all fools. You are all fools. And I pity you. Like, I pity you like, ay, pobrecito, pobrecita. They just don't get it. Oh, poor thing. Work is not life. You are missing out on integral parts of life because you have devoted yourself so deeply to work that you're missing out on raising your kids. The kids that I can't have, the kids that you look down on me on for not having because you see it as me choosing not to, you see it as a responsibility that you've chosen to take on that I don't have to be responsible for because yes, I've seen more than a couple posts from more than a couple people who believe that those of us who can't have kids or those of us who choose not to are irresponsible. Make that make sense. You brought a human into this world. You brought a human into this place. You allow your daily frustrations to exercise out on that human while you hope and pray that you can raise them better than you were raised. That is insane. I might be irresponsible for not proliferating life on this earth. If I could, I would, but I am not irresponsible for living life the way it was meant and intended and created to be lived, which was not as a slave to a master who gives you coins to pay you to do their dirty work. I don't think so. There are very few jobs out there where you can live. There are very few jobs out there that don't demand more from you than God demands. Ooh. And if you don't believe in God and you think I'm crazy for believing in God, you worship and you serve a master who pays you pennies on the dollar to work for them. That's kind of like serving a God. You serve a God of idolatry. You serve a God of things. You serve a God not of people. You serve a God that is meant to give you dreams that just aren't going to happen. Continue to work for the American dream and see how far you get because I guarantee you once you retire at 70 and you're too weak to do anything, your body can't handle the strength of traveling, you no longer have the energy to do it. You're going to sit in your chair in your house that you're still finishing paying for because you didn't buy it until you were 40 and you were going to wish you did a little more with your life. This is me judging. I get judged every day for choosing a different path. I'm an entrepreneur who does not make a lot of money. I make enough to survive. I make enough to pay my bills. I make enough to be financially responsible as I have to be. I could go off the grid. I've thought about getting a nice little camper, little cabin, living that van life, but ew, I don't want to. I like beds. I want a room, but all I need is a room. I might not own much, but I have lived more and done more than many people will do. I spend more time with my niece, my nephew, my mom, and my loved ones than you will ever get to spend working that nine to five, 10 hour job. And yes, I know that math don't math, but neither do your paychecks. 
all of this to say, I hope it enrages you that I'm speaking down to you like this. I hope that it infuriates you that I have the nerve, that I have the labia, that I have the ovaries to come at you and attack you so aggressively for choosing your menial life, for you choosing to work for someone else for the good part of your life, for the part of your life where you should be living, for the part of your life where you should be spending, for the part of your life where you should be making mistakes, for the part of your life where you should be experiencing, yet you choose not to because your responsibility is to your boss. If you don't own the company, you work for somebody. So come at me with it. Again, I don't make a lot, but what I do make is enough to pay my bills and afford me this life that I am cultivating. It affords me this life that I am creating. It affords me the luxury to not give a fuck and go blow some money on a trip. I would highly encourage you to do the same thing because what your PTO is just going to keep adding up and you're going to take the cash at the end of the day and you're going to use that cash to repair the home that you are paying 30 years on. You're going to use that cash to repair the thing that needs to be repaired. You're going to use that cash to buy the school supplies and clothes that your kids need and you're never going to take them anywhere. You're not going to do anything with them. You're going to yell at them. You're going to get grumpy with them because you have to be at work early the next day and you didn't get to do anything that you needed to do because you have no time to live life. I hope that you feel very attacked. My hope is that you feel very angry and very attacked by these words that are coming out of my mouth because I went through the same thing and I've come out on the other side and fuck what anybody else thinks or what anybody else says, because at the end of the day, you're going to have to live with the choices that you make. You're going to have to live with choices and decisions that you make. Now you could choose to do anything else, but you don't. So be happy in that. Just like I am happy out here in this world, going to festival after festival after festival. This was festival number two for the year. I still have two more to go and I got more concerts in between and I've got more weekends away and I just got a new car. So take that. I have responsibilities. Consider me irresponsible for not having kids, but you can't consider me irresponsible for living life. That's all. I'll talk at you soon. So spicy. I need coffee.